1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Pastoralia on the Restoration Radio Network. I am your host, Justin Soder, and we are recording Pastoralia episode number five, entitled My Body is a Temple. As always, we are joined today by our show guest, Father Stephen McKenna, who is the assistant pastor of St. Gertrude the Great Catholic Church in Westchester, Ohio, as well as a mission priest for many mission chapels across the United States. Father, thank you for joining us today.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Well, as we said, today's show is uh, the the re-record of My Body as a Temple, and we will be dealing with uh, many things concerning the care of the externals of the body. But before we get to the show, Father, would you like to start us with a prayer?
0: Sure. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. O God, who made blessed Norbert your confessor and bishop, a brilliant preacher of your word, and through him enriched your church with a new religious family. Grant, we beseech you that by his prayerful intercession and your help, we may be able to do what he has taught us by his words and deeds. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus.
1: Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen.
0: St. Norbert, Pray Pray for us. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.
1: Thank you for that, Father. We can dive right into the show topic today, which, again, as we said, is talking about uh, some of the issues facing Catholics today. Uh, There are a lot of them in modern society that uh, I think most of us have some greater or lesser degree of clarity on, and that revolves around the externals of the body and what is permissible and what is not. And I think you know we're going to be talking about you know tattoos and piercings and gym and clothing yoga massage et cetera, et cetera. So I think let's start off father with talking about tattoos um, you know as we talked pre show uh, tattoos are becoming almost um, uh, they're becoming almost a given in society today. I mean I remember as we were talking uh, when you know when both of us were kids, I mean, tattoos were a very rare thing, and now it's rare not to see them so are are tattoos permissible what's the church say about them and what do we think about tattoos father
0: yeah this is uh i think you know it's a, a very good outward manifestation here with the tattoos like we were talking about of of the you know the degradation of our society as as a whole you know everywhere you go now people have tattoos all over and they get them very young and everything and it just seems to be a very common question asked about but you know in order for us to understand the morality on tattoos we need to understand the morality in general of of our bodies you know our you know we're composed um, as everybody should know is you know we're composed of body and soul and and it's uh, that's the, the the two components that make us up as, as human beings but it, our body just like our soul belongs to God and we often even Catholics often for for forget about that. You know, that is that is our body truly is not ours. It's uh you know, it's uh, the temple of the Holy Ghost. It's the the dwelling place of God and and you know, it's even though we our soul is truly attached to it, we you can almost kind of liken it to our bodies being on loan, if you will, by by God to, to live our lives, and then uh, and then we have to render it back to Him, uh, you know, at, at the end of our lives. And you know that's and this is covered by the the the, you know, the fifth commandment, Thou shalt not kill. So you know, that commandment goes well beyond, you know, just you know actually taking the life. Another person, it encompasses so much, but part of that is uh, what we will will d- discuss more on is that idea of a mutilation of the body, and uh, and for 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 us uh, that you know that's a tattoo is is just that it's a it's a self mutilation. You're taking a body which. You know God designed it in a, in a certain way to look a certain way and we're essentially what we're saying is he didn't do a good enough job so I'm going to put a bunch of you know artwork that I think is better than what God did to our body and, and, and put it on ourselves and you know and it is, it is just really something that is totally um, contrary to that idea of being stewards of our body for God rather than you know being selfishly possessive of of our own bodies um and i think you know that's where it really comes down to that that understanding of you know our body is 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 truly not our own um we also see in what also goes along with that idea of you know that the tattoos are not uh, something that is morally permissible is that as you hinted at the, as, at the beginning is that it's not you know it never has been uh a practice of, of of cultured people of of you know people being part of uh you know of christian society in fact its origins always came from from pagan uh paganism you know the the, the pagan tribes would would you know tattoo themselves all over you still see that in places like uh like new zealand or where you or uh the you know, or in the islands in in the Pacific, where they you know, they'll be covered in all these ornamental tattoos, but it's all part of and tied into their their pagan uh, culture in in that regard. And so, and and that was always the origins of it. You know, the the pagan heathen type people would have all these tattoos all over their bodies and then those who were who were christian you know rejected that from from the outset for, because they knew that this you know this is this is not something that's of god um and even later on all the way up you know through until just recently uh, even in american society a tattoo was looked at as something countercultural. Uh, we, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it, it was something that I was always, you, you know, we were talking pre, pre-show, pre you know, it's something that I was always associated with either being, you know, in, you know, like a, a gang or, you know, biker gang or, you know, something, some sort of lower form of, of members of society or, you know, po- possibly, you know, at most being part of, You know something that they would people would get when they were you know during military service when they were in their youth and kind of out and away from everybody that you know told them right from wrong and they kind of They 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 showed they they sowed their wild oats if you will by you know This this supposed bonding experience of getting a military tattoo, but beyond that um, you know it, it was always Something that was really just looked down upon uh, as as countercultural as 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 something that is uh, unbecoming of of people of of society and uh, and for us as, as Catholics um, we we don't ever want to be part of the counterculture we don't ever want to be you know we don't ever want to to lower ourselves to to, to, the, to the 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 level of uh, of something that truly is you know unbecoming of what represents Christ you know we're, we're we 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 all represent the Church as Catholics in our lives and um you know you know uh, and for us then we should always have that a glowing example of higher standards uh, in not only our spiritual lives but in our day to day lives in general how we appear how we uh, you know, hold ourselves in front of people and, and how we present ourselves. And, and all of that um, in regards to, you know, none of that has any connection at all with, you know, with tattoo. In fact, it's really diametrically diametrically opposed to, to that, that concept. Um, mm. And it also, you know, we also have to remember that it can provide scandal. You know, you, you could, it could actually cause someone to, to not, Uh, take the faith as seriously because uh, if if we're walking around looking like gang members or or rock stars or something like that then you know the the assumption right away might be okay he talks about religious faith but how how serious does he take it because he looks like he's you know living it looks like he belongs in prison or it looks like he belongs in a band somewhere rather than someone who's going to be you know making a holy hour uh, in front of the blessed sacrament so Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think uh you know, one of the strongest arguments that you made about you know the paganistic cultures and whatnot is is um you know, it it sort of runs synonymous and, and parallel to our culture, which is essentially returning to you know a neo-pagan post-Christian society, when, when you look at those tribes you mentioned, it doesn't just stop at tattoos. I mean, their their entire cultures and their quote-unquote you know rites of passages are usually based around some sort of bodily destruction, be it you know, you know scarification, be it you know putting holes in their body, you know bones in their head, or you know things like that, which. You know essentially are a, a a very blunt you know rejection of, of the body being the temple of god, and i think our our culture certainly reflects that today,
0: yeah and I think you can you know you can also say that you know as much as people pretend and they trick them, it's kind of like you know modern art you know people pretend that you know modern art is is something beautiful when it's really something ugly that you know we've we've degraded our senses to accept this as as beautiful, and the same can be said for tattoos you know people always are trying to compliment each other on, on, you know, different various tattoo art that they receive. But in no way can you say that it's, it's nicer than what, you know, the human body was when it was created by God. And and in no way can you say even of the best tattoos, does anybody, you know, I've never had the feeling of, you know, boy, that's, you know, that's a really magnificent and beautiful tattoo. It's always, uh, you know, that, 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 you know, even if it's just subconscious, it's always that, you know, oh, that's, you know, that's, that stands out as, you know, as wildly, uh, uh, you know, different than the rest of themselves, you know, and that's, mm-hmm. and that's, you know, and that's never what we want to, you know, that's not what we're shooting for. We're, we're shooting to be, to be, you know, to be model citizens, you know, to, in order to draw people to the faith. And, you know, and then some, the other, the flip side of it is some people will ask about and make the argument towards and say, Well, you know, all, all of my tattoos or all the tattoos I'm planning on getting or what, whatever it would be would be of religious nature. I'll get a tattoo of Our Lady or of the miraculous medal or, you know, uh, you know, I've even seen people with like, you know, rosaries tattooed around their neck or, yeah, I've seen uh, you too. know, yeah, or scripture verses and things like that. Well, you know, this thing is I'm using this as a, you know, like myself as a, as a quote unquote billboard for God, if you will. But, you know, th- that doesn't bring anybody closer to God. You know, and in fact, you can all you have to do is turn on, you know, a, a baseball game or a football game and see that, you know, there's all these, you know, guys on there that have crucifixes or, you know, scripture verses and, you know, faces of our Lord or whatever tattooed on their bodies and it never stirs anybody to think gee I was not going to be I was never thinking about being a Christian but now that I saw the wide receiver for the, you know for the patriots with the, you know with the with the right. hand tattoo I I think I should rethink that you know that's that's never on uh, it's just you know we we don't we don't wear our faith on our sleeves and we don't we certainly don't wear it on our our arms you know it's 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 something that we live not something that we adorn ourselves with
1: so. right you know, one of the objections, or I should say one of the uh you know the defenses I hear from people and you know, I've worked with several people over the years and know many people that have tattoos and they'll they'll always say the same thing. Well, this is a way to express myself. This is just for me. And I always you know I always kind of brush that off because most of the time it's to draw attention to themselves, um, you know, mm-hmm. in, in some form or fashion. You know, to get people to ask them questions about it, or you know, some people just see how shocking they can be with the you know the placement and the location of the tattoos. So, would you say there's an element of pride to that as well, Father?
0: Oh, absolutely. Because y- you're right. You know, you don't, y- you know, you don't get a tattoo for like you yourself to only see. Nobody's going to spend hundreds, if not thousands, of dollars to do something that nobody else is going to see. It's something that, you know, at least some people it's something to show off, it's something to draw attention to themselves. And and like you said, you know, oftentimes it's something that can be even used to to shock and 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 awe, you know, it's um it's it's you know, there's yeah, you know, it's just that's what it's there for. It's it's there to show off. It's not there to uh To be done secretly and to to be covered up and never to see the light of day i mean that's uh you know that's that's someone trying to trick themselves really for that type of argument and the very the very expression to express myself to express myself is to express it means to to show outwardly you know to 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 give you know this is the things that i hold hold to be important in my life well you know you can just tell me about it. I don't need to know, you know, I don't have to see it on, you know, I don't need a tattoo of, you know, you playing, you know, a tattoo of, of, you know, poker cards to know that you like poker. You know, you just you just tell me that sometimes you play cards. You know, that's, that's it doesn't
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a lot cheaper. <laughs> well, yeah,
0: a lot cheaper, and it doesn't look stupid. So it's <laughs> and it's not something yeah. that when you when you when you're 90 years old, you're gonna have to grab hold of your skin and stretch out to show like this is what it used to be before it all bunched together. Either yeah, this so, is an ace of
1: spades, yeah. not an ace of clubs. You know, <laughs> right? Exactly.
0: <laughs>
1: There's something else too here Father and this has been something that I have heard from almost every person that I know that has gotten a tattoo and that is that there is an addictive nature to them Um, they've almost all said oh yeah I just couldn't stop at one you know don't start because you can't stop you know once you you start you'll notice your body's a canvas and you just have to keep going and going and going I know very few people that just have a single tattoo on their body if they have one Mm -hmm. they generally have two or three or four
0: yeah yeah, it's, you know, I think, I don't think it's a in any, it's, it's certainly not in any way addictive unless you're, you know, someone who's addicted to, you know, I guess, amounts of pain that, you know, come your way, you know, that you, that you enjoy, mm-hmm. you know, being un, un physically unhappy, I guess, if you will. But, uh, I've you know, heard that, uh,
1: I've heard people say they're addicted to that.
0: Yeah, well, there are some people out there that are kind of, you know, masochistic in that mm. you know, approach to life, I guess, but it's. But at the same time, you know, so that I guess in a way could be a part of it. But, you know, and if that's if that's the case, that's, you know, really truly to be viewed as a disordered way of thinking. And and but I think more often than not, it's not so much an addiction to that. It's more of, you know, they've justified doing it once. And so they justify doing it. It's much easier to justify doing it. A second time and a, and a third time, and once you've said, well, you know, I, I do this because I'm expressing myself on my my bodily canvas, if you will, then, well, all of a sudden, if that's your mindset, then, well, I have all this blank space on my canvas, and so it's it's another one and another one, and it, you know, it's it's I think it's more more has to do with the mindset and the justify you know justification in life than it does to with any actual real physical addiction at all you know it's and it's something that you know at the same time there are plenty of people that have gotten one tattoo and said all right well that was you know that was dumb i don't need to do that ever again and and moved on you know and there are plenty of people you know there are entire websites out there dedicated to people who truly just regret the tattoos that they've gotten and gotten really bad tattoos or you know uh, you know, how, how how many times have we, in workplaces or in just you know conversation pieces, have we seen people say, yeah, you know, the you know, never does it does a tattoo story start off with, well, you know, I made a holy hour. I was praying upon the Blessed Sacrament and I decided <laughs> through my prayers that I should go and get a get a get a tattoo. It usually starts off with I was at the bars with my friends and <laughs> right. you know, we got a little tipsy and you know, it seemed like a good idea at the time. So that's you know, it's yeah. um
1: Yeah, or, you know, or everybody
0: else Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or everybody else was getting one I felt like I should too. Or you know, that's usually the most first tattoo stories kind of go in that direction you know and are not really uh you know there, there aren't any edifying tattoo stories you know it's uh it, it, it's just you know we we have to see that the that the mindset of tattoos and culture today is, is one of you know societal um what's becoming a norm in society um because of the degradation of, of morality of society you know and and you know when you see the you know the people listening to our show obviously for the most part are going to be practicing Catholics you know they they can see in many areas of society how how morality is going down and you know becoming we are acting more like pagans in in, in this world and this is just another manifestation of it it's just you know just an outward sign of how we are becoming uh, less Christian minded and more minded in the way of the world and the way of, of, of paganism so
1: Hmm. Okay, so I want to uh, ask one more question before we move on from this topic, because I think it's pertinent to our times, Father, and we can maybe follow this under the troubleshooting uh, you know, category here. Um, <laughs> what if we have a, a you know, young man or woman, or old man or woman for that matter, who are wanting to convert to the faith, um, and... Um, they in the past have gotten several tattoos on their body and maybe some that are easily visible down the arms or on the neck or whatever like that, and it can become a real source of embarrassment, and, and they can carry a stigma with them. Um, what do you tell someone like that father who's in the process of conversion uh, who does have that and obviously is regretting it, but don't, they, they don't know what to do and uh, how to handle being viewed negatively?
0: Yeah, well, I, I think you, the, the big thing about that is that you know is that you have to um, you have to you know basically let them know first and foremost that you know tattoos are something that's permanent. So, and if you're coming to the conversion point and you're regretting that now, well, there's there really is nothing you can do to go back in time to to take that away. You know, it's it's part of what you did when you know when before your conversion, and it's something that. You know, is unfortunately there, and there, it's not like you can just erase it with a magic you know with a like a pencil eraser it's it's there and so there's nothing you know you can do you can you can try to tell people you know a lot of people who will have it on their arms that's probably the most common place to see a tattoo although these days you know anything goes but um it, it, and so you know that's easily said okay we'll just wear shirts with sleeves or you know if it's on, on your forearm you know longer sleeves or and things like that or if you you know if it's if it's easily seen, then, you know, sometimes it's just, you know, nothing you can do about it. Or uh, if someone really wants to go down the path of, of removal of a tattoo, that's a painful, long, and expensive process. And so they're not obliged in any way to do that, but if they, through their own volition and, and have the means to do so want to, then, you know, then that's, that's certainly something that can be encouraged. Or if it's something that's really offensive and they would decide that they want to, you know, cover it up with something that would be at least take away the, the really offensive nature of it, then that's, you know, if they want to embark on something like that, that should be, you know, encouraged. But, but in reality, uh, there's just no turning back the hands of time. And it's just something that they have to realize is, that's just going to be with them and they have to figure out a way to, to to live with that and and to move past it and let their actions in the faith speak louder than their parents outwardly at that point you know they have to mm-hmm. you know that as people you know as people get to know them uh, you know, hopefully they'll see their actions as being serious Catholics and and eventually look past those tattoos But it's you know, when when it can be covered, it's it's good to be covered and when it's and if when it can't be covered then it just needs to be recognized as you know, okay, that's that's what I did before and um, You know, that's not what I do now. And yeah. and it's just, you know yeah, that, Scars of past life, me. right? Yeah, exactly. It's, you know, we shouldn't be, you know, just because we have it and, you know, I think guess the, the mindset is just because we, we've, we, you, if you already have one and it's there um, and now you've converted to the faith and, you know, to start taking your faith more seriously and things like that, you know, we don't, then the whole idea of, well, let me put this on display, you know, it has to go away. I'm not going to take pictures of it. I'm not going to show people, you know, as like a, Point of pride like oh yeah well you got a tattoo oh, this is this is what I got a tattoo of before anymore that that whole that whole mindset has to be be gone and now it's there it's, it's there to stay it's not going anywhere but you know we shouldn't have we shouldn't have any kind of pride in in our past past misdoings we should we should rather you know just try to be uh, as you know just try to move past it as, as much as we can mm-hmm
1: Okay. Well, for those of you who are just joining us, you are listening to Pastoralia number 5 on the Restoration Radio Network. I am your host, Justin Soder, and this morning I am joined by Father Stephen McKenna. And we've been talking about issues to deal with the body, um, and we're going to talk a lot more about those. We've been covering tattoos so far. We'd like to remind you that Pastoralia is a production of the Restoration Radio Network. All rights are reserved and any duplication without explicit written permission is forbidden. Permission can usually be very easily obtained by writing to us at mail at truerestoration.org. I'd like to encourage our listeners that if you are listening to our show on iTunes or Stitcher, please uh, please make sure to leave us some ratings and, and feedback and reviews. Uh, this will help us uh, you know, to sort of grow our ratings for those who are looking for truly Catholic programming and, and it will help them more easily find our program. So... So, Father, moving away from tattoos, but on a subject which is not too far away from it, let's move on to piercings. There's a lot of people that will say, well, you're classifying tattoos as mutilation. Why are are you not holding the same standard of piercings? Could you talk a little bit about piercings and why there is a difference between piercings and tattoos?
0: In my experience, anyways, what's often followed up of of tattoos is the idea of well if i can't you know how come people can have ear piercings i see women at church all the time with their pe- ears pierced how, why is that okay if tattoos aren't okay and so that's why you know i think linked together those two things are hand in hand and and we have to recognize that there's a there's a there's a world of difference between a tattoo and and a, and a, a piercing you know um once again um you know a tattoo covers a, a large section of skin and and as a permanent discoloration of that skin but uh, a piercing of the ear for a woman is you know it's one simple hole in an ear lobe and and it's a piece of you know jewelry that you know you know can accompany their their dress that can be either in or out uh, dependent on you know they can very easily just take it out and and um as well and so in that way we view a piercing more as, as a wearing of jewelry not only because it's not a real you know major way of mutilating body but also it's it's something that contrary to unlike unlike tattoos a piercing is always has been something that has always been part of uh you know acceptable society and, and high society you know the kings uh I mean, queens and uh, and royalty and uh and and Christians alike you know have always had you know women have oftentimes had you know piercings not to say that they need to but it certainly is never something that is you know uh, in any way shocking or taking away from them in fact oftentimes it can adorn you know it can it can make them appear you know genteel and and, and, and nice in that regard and it's and it's like I said it's a it's a simple you know piercing of, of an earlobe which is not really a, a, to be constituted as any kind of mutilation. Now, that being said, uh, you know, for a woman to have her earlobe pierced is something that we we could say is, is acceptable and, and, and permissible, but that's a far cry from what, what also is going on in society, which ties back to that paganism where it's like, there's like 50 piercings and they go all the way up around the ear or, you know, nose and lips and, you know, you know, whatever, you know, inserted cheek piercings and, and all these things, those things are, are, are totally countercultural and, and, you know, and ugly and, and never were part of, of, you know, of a, of a higher society. And, and certainly, you know, like a tattoo would draw people away from and could scandalize someone into it. That's, a, you know, a, a tie to to, 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 a pagan ideal, but a, you know, a simple ear piercing for a woman is, is something that's been acceptable on the flip on the flip side, you know, ear piercings for men it, is typically not something that's a norm for, you know, regular everyday society and you know and, and how always been viewed as countercultural. you know, like, you know Oftentimes we think of, you know, when we think of a man with an ear pierced we think of pirates or something, you know Like, you know, right. it's clearly not part of of, you know, of your everyday, you know, higher class of of people, um, you know, there are some exceptions to that. Bishop Dolan has actually talked to me about it. It's very interesting that in Spain, for for centuries now, uh, I, I, that uh, people who are farmers, in, men who are farmers in Spain, um, have always worn, uh, you know, an, an ear piercing, and it's been something that's been accepted in like Spanish farming society. Or forever so if you're listening and you're a spanish farmer then you know i guess you're okay but for the rest of us yeah. uh you know it's it's you know it really has always been one, like like tattoos has always been you know associated with uh like a counter-cultural biker or pirate or uh you know uh you, you know t- type of type of men- mentality and uh and, and so for men it should be shunned but uh, but you know we have to make that distinction between the simple piercing of of, of, a, of a woman's earlobe and you know all those other various piercings or what you know i've been seeing a lot of lately which is really truly hideous is those piercings of like ears where they stretch it out to be you know you can start fitting objects through it and you know right uh you know that's that's something that you know wh- wh- where do you see that stuff coming from? You see that coming from pagan tribes in Africa and you know the stretching out of lips and and of uh of ears to to be these giant holes and that's something that's that's you know a far cry from the simple basic yeah. ear piercing that that your that your lady you know that that any that you know any number of women have always had and you know and so that's you know we have to also make that distinction. And, you know, once again, and even for women who only have the simple ear piercing, you know, it it is something to, you know, an earring for them is something to accompany some sort of dress that they have, not, you know, to be worn with, you know, a chandelier hanging from your ear either. You know, we want to be we want to be moderate here we're not trying to draw attention to like this huge object hanging from our heads but but rather something that's more subtle and you know it truly goes to a company an outfit not not something that um that is is to shock and awe so you know that's that all goes gets tied in there too
1: yeah i, I remember you know being a kid uh in the in the late 80s, it was it was very rare to see a man that had a had an ear piercing, and then sort of you know when the 90s rolled around, it became very commonplace. And and I remember even as a kid feeling like this is weird. Why would you know, why would a man do this? And uh, um, you know it seems like uh, just all of these uh these these disordered views have become so prevalent in our culture today and of course, you know, you know, we being the ones that we don't accept it then, you know, we're the ones that have a problem. Like, no. Right. <laughs> no, this is right. not normal. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I think if people look to their trends and say, you know, did this trend start becoming popular by people who I saw in, you know, either you know either in show business or in like music bands or something like that uh, and if if that's where the trend is coming from is something like a being a band member or or an actor or something like that then you know we should automatically you know have that knee-jerk reaction of well maybe I should maybe I should steer away from this and uh, you know it's not to say that every trend that you know like a different haircut or something is necessarily evil but it's but at the same time if it's something that you know initially when it comes out is something that's different and you know meant to be different and then it becomes you know uh, in vogue if you will because uh, of the popularity of a certain band or, or, or movie actress or something like that, then then you know we sh- we should really look at it, look at it with a immediately with a questioning eye in that regard you know if it's something that's long standing tradition of being you know common among high high society for for a long time, then, you know, then we're, then we're generally more more safe in that regard. So.
1: so, Father, talking about jewelry, I think we can move into jewelry here. And something we talked about pre-show was the idea, and I'm sure many of our listeners have seen this as well, just being out and about in society, is this idea of these very ostentatious displays of jewelry, uh, be it, you know, gold ropes, silver chains, these humongous bracelets, uh, or even something like uh, wearing the rosary, Around one's neck in public. Um, what is your view on that, Father? Yeah,
0: well, that's a it's a, it's a certainly interesting and, and pertinent question for today's society, and I guess it can be broken down into two different parts too, because you know you have the one of the 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 over display of massive amounts of jewelry, or as my my parents would have called it, the uh, the Mister T starter kit. And then you, you have then you have the the other section of wearing of something like uh, you know rosaries around the neck and, and which is um, wearing it as jewelry which is I guess really two different kind of sections so in general wearing of jewelry you know there's nothing to say that you can't wear jewelry you can't it's nothing to say that you can't wear a bracelet or a ring or necklace or something like that it's you know those things are fine but this, it's like you know anything else. All things in moderation. You you might wear something to adorn what you're what you're wearing or to go along with you know physical presentation. But to wear an over amount of it, a it's a, a waste of money. And usually it's a it's a purely for for showing off and being very vain towards your either your own you know showing of wealth or trying to look like part of someone that is you know. Uh, Of uh, you know, like the uh, I see it a lot with the the people who think that that they're the next like big rap star or something That they they want to look like all those guys that and they just don't realize that they look foolish You know, that's really what it comes down to we want to as Catholics. We have to present ourselves Once again, we have to always present ourselves in the best way possible and that's to not draw attention to one thing over another just to, to, to be to draw you know, to, to be attractive as a whole, as a person that our you know, our actions and our, and our words go along with just our general appearance and life as a whole and that it all fits together. So in that regard, you know, to, to have, you know, a piece of jewelry is, you know, is, is, and to wear that is perfectly fine, but to wear something that is so, you know, out of this world drawing of the eye and takes away from The overall whole picture of things then we have to really start to question you know is this inordinate the amount of jewelry that I'm wearing or the inordinate the amount that I'm drawing attention to both my myself and to the the things that I just happen to be to be wearing so I guess that's the the comment on the whole you know you don't you know, don't be like, don't look like Mr. T. You know, you don't have to have 800 pounds of, of, of gold hanging around your neck, and you know that's money that could be, you know, much better spent elsewhere, anyways. And um, and then the the second part of it is is the actual wearing of religious articles, you know, and in particular the the rosary. We talked a little bit about that pre-show about just seeing that so commonly now, and and I remember. Uh, you know, talking at table one time and and I can't remember if he brought it up in a sermon or something, but Bishop Dolan was talking about a a table one night that uh, the idea of making the point that he really wanted to just go. He saw someone at a table that was wearing a big old giant rosary around their neck and, you know, otherwise looked like um, any inner city type kid, you know, that would do something like that and he wanted to he was almost tempted to walk up and you know just kind of tell him you know do you do you know what that is do you know how to pray your rosary even you know do you know what you're what you're wearing around your neck it's not a necklace it's it's something to be used in the assistance of, of prayer now and you know because most people wearing them are wearing it purely as as something that is um Uh, As a piece of jewelry and have no devotion to the rosary at all. And so in that way, they're profaning You know that article and and it's you know, and in that way we it should always be You know regarded as as bad if that's our uh, Mentality at that that being said You know there are people who will wear a rosary that are truly devoted to the rosary, you know, I I know that um, that some of the the people in Mexico, the bishop will talk about. He'll hand out rosaries in Mexico to people at the church, and they will immediately just you know kiss it and put it around their neck, and it's you know just part of their their common thing. and They wear it around their neck because, but they're also praying it every day at home, and you know it's not just a piece of jewelry. That's just. You know, a way that they that they honor their rosary and carry it around is is around their neck sometimes. And in that case, we you know, one couldn't say that they're they're wrong by doing so because they're they're doing something, they're they're still using it for the right purposes, and it just so happens that the way that they're carrying it, is is adorned around their neck. And you know, even people in the states I've I've met there, you know, there's a, a few people that I've seen that have worn a rosary on their neck, and but you know that they're they're praying it every day. Um, because they're good traditional Catholics. It's uh, You know, you can't say that they're wrong in wearing it around their neck but it's but you know if, if our purpose for holding it around our neck is to have it as, as flashiness or showiness then we're, we're, we're wrong in doing so. But if our reason for having it around our neck is that, you know, is our closeness to the rosary and we, and we do it in that way, and it's something we've done for a long time, and usually, usually the, no, the difference that I usually see is that, and this is not necessarily a universal thing, but the difference that I often notice is that the person who wears it around their neck and is actually devoted to it, we'll tuck it in their shirt, you know, <laughs> right. and just wear it around. There. Exactly. And then the person who has no idea what they're doing has, you know, has it out for all to see, hang, you know, and it's like a, almost like wearing the wall rosary around their neck, this huge ornament ornate rosary hanging around their neck or, you know, some, you know, or something like that, that they're just, they're just wearing it as if it was another piece of jewelry. And that's, and that's totally to be, to be shunned. And, and, you know, it's, uh, you know that that is something that is a, is a holy object it's a sacramental and um, and it should be used for sacramental purposes and um and you know some some people if out of devotion they wear it around their neck um you know it's not to say that they're doing something wrong it's just you know the primary purpose of the rosary is to be prayed up, prayed on not to be worn
1: so, shifting gears a little bit here father let 's talk about exercise in the gym and what a Catholic viewpoint on this is. I know this is something that 's very common in our society today. Many of us over the years have found ourselves in careers where we get very little physical activity and uh, you know find that an outlet for that would be to go you know do, do exercise at the gym. First of all, is this permissible father and what what is the Catholic viewpoint on this
0: yeah well, yeah, absolutely the you know, a gym is something that you know, in and of itself, would be uh, permissible. You know, once again, if we talk about our body being the temple of God and uh, temple of the Holy Ghost, and we and we talk about how the fifth commandment, "Thou shalt not kill," and all the things go under that. You know, if we're if we're not to take a life either of ourselves or of our own, uh, or of somebody else, um, then at the at the flip side, you know, we should do what we can to to promote our lives and and to to preserve a healthy lifestyle for ourselves. You know, we don't want to, um, you know, we don't want to just let ourselves go to the point of, you know, just really kind of, uh, you know, being inert, if you will, just, you know, being, and being really kind of, kind of, just sloppy overall in that regard. It's something we should, we should care for our own, Physical well-being just like we care for our own spiritual well-being but and so a gym is a, a way in which like you said for, for those of us who find ourselves sitting behind a desk more often than not or in a car or traveling and things like that and just do you know a lot of not, uh, more mind work we're not getting that physical exercise that someone who's working in the trades might be m- might be getting by their job and so therefore we should find it in other ways um, to, to, to keep ourselves healthy and and, and active but it's um, so the gym is, is one of those things you know it has the exercise equipment there and you can uh, and you can you know get a membership that's you know very easily and you know relatively speaking not too expensive and um, and, and be able to go and get a little bit of a of, a, of an exercise and a sweat in and and, and feel good and, and keep yourself healthy overall Um, The only caution that I would have with the gym is that and this is when we have to be our our own uh, You know our own guardians our own carers for Ourselves is that um, you know We talk about the need to, to keep our bodies healthy and how that's very important and it's true But at the same time what's more important than even that is to keep our souls healthy and so if we you know and every person is different and every person is tempted to varying degrees in various things and something that can be you know very commonly you know can commonly happen at a at a, at a gym is the risk of uh, of temptation towards impurity and and if we find ourselves you know really struggling against temptations of purity at a gym then then we should try to seek exercise in a different way because we have to care for our souls above all else uh, you, you know, and so you know, we don't want to keep our bodies healthy with the you know with the and put our souls in great danger but if you know if we find that yeah. You know, uh and a lot of people do, that if they find they go to the gym and uh, you know, they're largely unmoved by it because they're just more focused on their own exercises and, and their everything else, you know, doesn't really seem to, to bother them at all then then, you know, then you know, then they're simply exercising and if it's not a temptation towards sin then um then that's then you know it'd be permissible to go. But that's a, a situation where we have to know ourselves and know um, you know, our own weaknesses and our own strengths and in that regard and every person truly is different and we we have to rec- recognize that so um but with that just like anything else you know it has to be all things in in moderation once again you know it's it's fine to go to the gym it's fine to keep ourselves in good shape and uh and do all of that but at the same time we don't want to be you know the mirror guy you know we don't want to be the guy that just is you know, staring at himself in the mirror while he's exercising and, you know, just looking to, you know, totally forgetting about everything else and only caring to be, you know, the, the best specimen that he or she may be. And, you know, and trying to, you know, to, to become, you know, making a, almost a religion out of, of going to the gym. That's an that's ordinance desire for physical activity you know we don't we're, we're there to get to be healthy we're there to have you know to build up overall strength and endurance of of life activities and to, to keep ourselves in good physical shape but we're not there to turn into Arnold Schwarzenegger you're not there to mm-hmm. you know to to, to to once again we're not we're not there to, to show ourselves off We're we're just there to to keep ourselves uh, to, to maintain that that overall physical health and I think that's an an important distinction that needs to that needs to be recognized by by everybody because it's you know you talked about tattoos being addictive people will talk about the gym being addictive you know that they once they get mm-hmm. into that routine they 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 almost feel like they they they're they're doing something awful by not going well you know it, it's you should want to go to the gym and you should you know or if you if you go to the gym you should want to exercise you should want to do these things. But you know, at the same time, if you know, if the day doesn't permit it, it's not the end of the world. And at the same time, if you know, if if our if our option is to pray our rosary for the day or to to go to the gym, then we have to make sure we take care of the spiritual before we take care of the, the corporal part of it. Um, and it's just you know, it's for overall health, not for not for becoming you know some sort of muscle monster, you know. Right.
1: Um, you know, one of the things I do, Father, um, because I am one that goes to the gym, um, and I will generally try to you know, load up a conference or a sermon on my iPhone and listen to that as I'm working out or listen to a you know, listen to an audio book or something just to kind of keep the distraction down, um, you know, where mm-hmm. you can kind of keep a recollected mind on something, you know, holy while you're there rather than allowing your mind and your eyes to kind of wander. That's, that's sort of a tactic, you know, that I use. Um, let me ask you this, Father. Um, this, is, this, this, too, just you know, ties right into the gym topic. Is there still a burden of modesty in dress for men and women when, when they go to the gym, you know, for you know, dressing in an attire that wouldn't draw, that wouldn't draw
0: attraction? Yes exactly you know it's we you know just because we're at the gym and you know we you know we can't be you know a man can't be wearing a you know three piece suit at the gym or something like that does not mean that you know we're going to put on you know the the bicycle pants and you know and spandex short shirt either and the same goes for women you know we need to make sure that our clothing is is loose fitting and that it's and that it's modest and it's you know covers all all the necessary things and and we have to be be ultimately extremely careful in that regard and and i know a lot of people have found that just you know with that it's just you know they they just feel overall better if they just put some gym equipment in their house and, and forgo the gym altogether and, and work out at home or go for a run or something like that. And, and, you know, and that's, and that's perfectly fine. You know, that's um, it's, but you know, our, you know, just because other people, you know, don't dress modestly doesn't mean that we're still not a, uh, held to that that standard of of being modest at all times so it's it is something that uh we always have to be be conscious of and, and be be careful of um because being a you know being a Catholic doesn't stop when you enter the gym door it doesn't you know being being conscious of our souls and the souls of others doesn 't stop just because we 're doing of some sort of various activity you know that 's something that is part of me, no matter where I go, and I always have to be conscious of that and and be careful of that so mm-hmm.
1: well the you know, the next subject, and this sort of ties into the gym because a lot of times you 'll find this actually at the gym. Uh, I know the gym I go to they, they, they have these you know, they have this there as well, and that is this subject of uh, yoga. And there's been a big push. I've seen this, um, I'm sure you have too, Father, that, you know, over the last you know, five, ten years, to try to put some sort of Christian spin on yoga. Um, what are Catholics to think about yoga, Father?
0: Yeah, that's a, actually, that's a, a question that I probably get asked even more than, than a gym question, is, well, what about yoga? And the very asking of it is almost kind of like the I'm asking this in hopes that you'll say that it's okay, but something tells me something's wrong about this. You know, it's uh, it's a self indicting question. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, th- that, I think that voice in that situation needs to be listened to because it,
1: yeah.
0: it, it, it is something that, that we should just basically as, as Catholics wholeheartedly resist uh, and, and reject because it's, um, you know, it is a new fad of, of exercise for so many people. And, uh, and I know a lot of people uh, that have, have done it really enjoy it and, and see benefits from it physically. But at the same time, you go to your local gym and you sign up for the, the you know yoga 101 class or whatever they you know whatever is the basic of basic yoga classes. And even in right there, they will begin doing like the breathing exercises and, and the and the clearing the mind and meditative type of type of practices, which is all you know revolved around that Eastern mysticism philo- uh, philosophical and religious pagan ideals that they that they have and and you know we have to recognize that that whole yoga fad is purely new-age there's you know there's not no way around it it's it's all the, part of that new-age movement that connects tries to connect to uh, the the Eastern mysticism and philosophy way of, of thinking and and almost always has a spiritual realm to it and a, and a spiritual realm that we can't be a part of and uh, You know that is truly a an evil thing and you know There's so many other exercises that we can do in our life and if people you know say well, you know This is something that is you know, I can do uh, uh, You know and 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 it doesn't you know that is helpful for me for various medical purposes or whatever it's like well, you can still nobody's saying don't stretch you know stretching is is fine you know that's and and that's a good thing but it's but to to do the yoga actual practices you know it's it's something that's you know totally different if you you know if you have found that this is something really helpful or whatever then you know stay at home and do a couple of the basic stretches or whatever but totally avoid any of that of the the yoga as such type of, of, of mentality just you know there, there's a, a myriad of other exercises that we can do we don't have to be tied down to yoga we don't have to be part of this and you know once again you know it's the physical benefits that it has does not you know cancel out the the spiritual negatives that that come with it and we have to care for our souls before the our bodies and we have to reject the things of the that new age movement and the, the eastern mysticism and philosophy you know, just, you know, as, you know, as a, as a total rejection, you, you know, it just, mm-hmm. it's, it's just, you know, that it, it's, you can't, you can't even take basic yoga classes without, without coming across those type of things. So it should be just look elsewhere for, for exercise essentially.
1: Yeah. Father, I, uh, as you were talking here, I just went to the the all-seeing eye of Google here, and I typed in yoga, and the first thing that came up on the uh, the Wikipedia page here is the definition of yoga. So for our listeners who think that Father is just being extreme here, here's the definition. Yoga are the physical, mental, and spiritual practices or disciplines which aim at transforming body and mind. The term denotes a variety of schools, practices, and goals. In Hinduism, Buddhism, and Tibetan Buddhism, and Jainism, the best known being Hatha Yoga or Raja Yoga. The term is derived from the literal meaning, yoking together a span of horses or oxes, but came to be applied to the yoking of mind and body. And off to the right of the uh, the page, it says, part of a series on Hindu philosophy. So, you know, there you have it. There's the, you know, there's the definition. And this is obviously something that comes straight out of, you know, of, of false religions.
0: Right. And and I think to tie in with yoga, and it's something that I know that I've been asked about and, and I heard, you know, I've heard about even good Catholics getting part of and uh, to be equally rejected in it is that whole idea of uh, of Reiki that that's another one of those eastern mystical type of things that is becoming popular and it's you know Involves mantras and clearing of the mind and everything and and that too is, you know, just wholeheartedly rejected you know, that's it's part of of, of pagan worship and it's part of you know and you know if people have even made the argument well you know instead of using some sort of mantra of you know uh, uh, of of hindu goddess or you know or of you know various other type of you know bland clearing mind things to, well, i'll try to use a, a a mantra of you know something holy like repeating the name of our lord or or our lady over and over again and no it doesn't you can't just by inserting you know a holy name to something doesn't automatically make it christianized you you've, you've instead all you've done is to profane and to 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 destroy the, the, the holy thing so it's you know it, you know th- we can't trick ourselves into thinking well un- it's not a danger to my faith it is and you know it's it's a danger to the faith and we have to realize that there's a whole spiritual realm out there that you know that is fighting for our souls and you know these things you know at the very least water us down and at the very end and, and more, more often than not you know open us up for spiritual attack and uh, because we're you know, communicating in something that is, that is uh, not part of Catholic r- religion. So
1: mm-hmm. I remember listening to a, a sermon or it, it may have even been a conference from, I think it was uh, Bishop Sanborn. who was talking about it, if, if you look at the moves in yoga and things like that, and the different stretches and the, and the physical body contortions that there, most of those are, are meant to excite in the lower passions as well.
0: Uh, yes. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's a very good point. I mean, there's, you know, uh, uh, there are not too many. I mean, I'm not a expert on yoga, you know, stretching positions and things like that. But the little bit that you see in just kind of even common cultural references of pictures or something like that, I mean, uh, you know, there aren't very many like you know, doing doing of modest modest type poses. You know, it's all yeah you know, those, those types of things are are truly exactly like Bishop Sanborn said. You know, they're they're truly based around positions that very easily excite lower passions and you know and a lot of those eastern philosophies and and religions uh you know glorify the lower passions and Mm you know and and so it's we have to realize that you know so of course it's going to be 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 tied into into that it's it's it's, that's that's part of that that pagan way
1: right so segueing into the next topic here uh is the subject of uh massage therapy and getting a massage and uh, its it's its physical benefits and two whether or not Catholics can can take part in this. And you know, we've mm-hmm. seen nowadays, I'm sure you see it, Father, in all your travels because you're 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 quite the you know the globetrotter these days. It seems like there's <laughs> a there's a massage therapy uh, you know, center or, or or you know retail store opening everywhere. I, I know in my city in the last five years it seems like they're popping up as, as quick as banks are. So uh, what's what's the What's the view on getting a massage? Can can Catholics take part in this, Father?
0: Well, yeah, it's it's you know that too is once again is an area that in and of itself there's nothing evil, but we have to be careful of you know. So a massage, you know, and we, I think I should start off by making a distinction of massage therapy in, in two different ways. One is, you know, that a massage therapy as as a portion of like a, a medical rehab type of thing you know if you're injured or you know tear a muscle or something like that and then you start going to rehabilitation for for such things you know there are various types of massage that could be part of that that is going to help for quick grow, uh, you know recovery and everything like that and that's you know that's a that's a like a, that's truly a, a very valid medical practice to go along with rehabilitation and and so we you know like anything else we should we should if possible we should follow the doctor's instructions on or the the the, um, the, the physical therapist's instructions on those type of things because it's you know, it's really going to promote our overall well-being and then then the in general the you know the massage parlor that, that like you said you know that you see popping up in airports all around all around the country uh, that I walk by and I think boy you know that that's a good stress reliever for travel as I see people right. basically almost asleep as they're getting massaged and but, but uh you know there's nothing wrong in that either uh I wouldn't go to one in the airport because you're on basically public display as you're getting your massage <laughs> but it's uh, right. but but it's but you know massage in general is is not something that's evil it can it, it can relieve relieve stress it can you know uh Uh, undue tension in muscles it can you know have healing qualities if you have a bad back or something like that but we also have to on the flip side of that be very careful because we have to safeguard ourselves once again against temptations of purity you know first off you know we don't want to be there like you see some people with lying with nothing but a towel uh, you know covering themselves that's that's not what we're after because uh, we don't want to be a temptation to others, and also we we don't want, you know, and if and if and if it's something that stirs up our own lower passions, then you know it's better to forego the massage and not be led into temptation than it is to to get the massage under the guise of well it's good for me and then be you know and then have to really wage battle against our lower passions. So once again, that's another one that everybody's different, and you know and they need to know people need to know themselves and, and think about it honestly And if they have you know, like the gym or anything like that if you have questions or difficulties trying to know, know Where you what what you should be doing then then talk to your priest uh, Ask him about it. You know if, it, if this is okay for you and um, but it has to be you know, we have to know that if if temptation is something that's a real uh, point there then you know then it's better just to safeguard our souls and avoid it than it is to to put ourselves in unnecessary temptation but I mean in general there's there's nothing you know per se wrong with the with the massage or a massage therapy and like I said it can have overall good effects upon our bodies to uh, for for our overall health so it's you know it's just a, all things in and you know being careful of our soul
1: Right. You know, and also I would say too, you know, as one who's who's had a little bit of experience with this, you know, use you know, use right common sense. You know, if you go to if you go to some place in your little Chinatown or little Vietnam that's out, you know that's 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 you know going you know offering these things for twenty five dollars and you know it seems to be very seedy. I mean, there's a way to find a professional place versus you know finding some seedy you know hole in the wall place where you're going to expose yourself to all kinds of temptation. Would you agree, Father?
0: Yeah. And you can also, and you can also even, you know, it's like, I remember going to get my haircut at this one place before and, and it had a sign that, you know, every patron has the right to choose their own barber. And, you know, and, you know, if you walk into a massage therapy place, you know, you have the right to choose your own masseuse, I guess, in that regard too. You, you know, if you're a man walking into massage therapy and they're going to come out with the, with the, the, the young college grad, you know, female that's going to come to do the massage and that's going to cause disturbance then you know then ask for then ask for a a male masseuse or something to to minimize that that danger It's, Mm -hmm. it's you know if you're truly going for your physical health then you'll try to do all you can to steer yourself away from from areas of temptation in that in that regard
1: for those of you who are just joining us, you are listening to Pastoralia on the Restoration Radio Network, episode number five. My body is a temple. I am your host, Justin Soder, and today I am joined by Father Stephen McKenna, assistant pastor of Saint Gertrude the Great Catholic Church, and uh, very busy traveling missionary priest to many of his uh, his mission chapels across the United States. We've been discussing today concerns of externals as it relates to the body and what society says is normal and acceptable versus what we Catholics know to be acceptable and, and, and unacceptable. We want to remind you that Pastoralia is a production of the Restoration Radio Network. All rights are reserved and any duplication without explicit written permission is forbidden. Permission can usually be very easily obtained by writing to us at mail at org. So, Father, now we could, we could kind of move into the back half of the program here and talk about issues that seem to be kind of buried, things that, uh, that these weren't issues you know, over 100 years ago, but now they are and need, need some attention. And that would, that would be revolving around the idea of plastic surgery, corrective versus elective plastic surgery, and what the Catholic viewpoint is on this. And I'm thinking to start off with something like um, a LASIK surgery to, to correct the eyes. Is that something that is permissible? Is, is, it, is it a danger that we should be willing to accept? Is it something that we can
0: accept? Well, you know, I think anytime we start talking about surgery in general, we have to always look at each one individually and weigh the pros and cons because surgery in and of itself is something that puts us in, in risk of, of you know, danger of our lives, you know, it's something that is 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 by the nature, you know cutting into and and You know moving around, you know, or fixing our 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 bodily Whatever part they're operating on is is um, is something that is in and of itself surgery is you know uh, an extraordinary Means of, of of medical practice now that's not to say surgeries in itself evil but it's just but we have to realize that surgery is is a in, in a way a mutilation and, and B in a way uh, is something that is is risky and so we have to look at each situation by its, you know as a whole so building up from that understanding that surgery is a risk and that we don't you know we have to recognize okay then like the two divisions that you had the, the, the corrective surgery versus the um, the elective surgery so starting with that corrective you know if I'm in a like you said LASIK so alright so I have if I had bad eyesight and then I hear of this LASIK surgery you know where they you know surgically repair my eyes using lasers uh, incision okay now I look into it a bit and I realize that it's something that uh, has been very successful in its in its application and though the risks are, are relatively speaking pretty low to 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 mishaps happening in danger to life or danger to 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 my eyes in general and everything then Okay, I can weigh it out. Is it something that a I can afford and you know And B is it something that I'm willing to undergo without you know that to that I that I feel that you know, to me, it's is a risk worth taking. And in that case, you know, a lot of people elect to go with it because it's fairly safe and, it's, uh, and it oftentimes eliminates the need for glasses and, and contact lenses. And so something like that is, you know, is something that can be, you know, legitimately gone upon. It's, it's, it's a corrective surgery to, to fix, you know, a physical defect of, you know poor in this case poor eyesight you know and then same thing with you know other types of plastic surgery even you know if I was in a car accident and I had all sorts of you know disfigurements from that car accident or if I had severe birth defects or something and you know my life and my overall well-being can be can be uh, in you know can be made better by corrective surgery on those things then depending on the situation you know it it very well may be worth having those types of surgeries done because i'm trying to to make my body as whole as as possible again and to to function as well as possible as before the incident or before you know or if if, you know as close to possible before a birth defect type of thing uh so you know those are things that um once again that each situation is different and you know when it's something that's not you know abundantly clear to a to a person as to whether or not they should go through it then they shouldn't hesitate to to talk to their priest about it and get some counsel on it but it's something that yeah you know, in in that case oftentimes can be very beneficial and and maybe maybe worth doing uh, in that that regard now elective surgery meaning that I don't like the way my my nose is shaped so I'm going to have rhinoplasty done or I'm going to have, uh, you know, um, implants put in, so my eyebrows look bigger, you know, things like that where we're just, you know, we have to recognize that those type of things we're doing, we're having surgery done just for the, for the, for vanity reasons. And then, then, in that case where the, where our reasoning for it is, is not a pure reason and is not a, a, um, uh, 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 you know a legitimate worthwhile reason then we should just have it we should just reject it wholeheartedly because it's you know there's no you know so if my nose is you know is not exactly the way i want it that's okay it doesn't matter i you know we i don't have to look to you know it's we shouldn't be so vain as to uh, as to to worry about those things It's it's one thing if it's like a you know, you have a cleft palate or something like that, and you're trying to, to fix that as as a cosmetic appearance. You know, then that's you know that's something that you know can can be you know it's also because it crosses it to the medical. But if it's something that I just don't like the way such and such looks, and I want to get you know work done on it, then then you know it's it's purely for vanity, and we're taking you know a risk to our own lives and well-being um, for the sake of. You know, of, uh, for the sake of vanity and, and pride. So it's uh, in, in that case, they sh- they should just be just just rejected.
1: And all this falls into the realm of you know, speak with your speak with your priest before you make any of these large decisions.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Okay. Yeah, it's always okay. you know that's that's what you know when it comes to things of morality and things like that. Don't you know we're 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 here to be people's sounding boards. We're you know we went through. Training in moral theology for the sake of being able—not for the sake of you know uh, for my for my own sake, but for the sake of being able to help other people. So we're here to, to to do that, and people shouldn't hesitate to to ask about those types of things.
1: Something that that just kind of popped into my head here, Father, and you know I know you being a you know, former baseball player, I'm, I'm sure this is something that you know you're well aware of. I, I'm assuming that something like using steroids to make your body bigger to play sports would fall into this as well, correct?
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, it's 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 something that you know it's all it's it, it's you know two it's wrong two in two ways. One is that you know the the risk versus the rewards. There's lots of downsides to to use of something like anabolic steroids or, or whatever it may be. That you know between blowing out of ligaments and and you know premature heart attacks and. Uh, depression and and you know what we would classify as roid rage and 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 things like that all of those things are are, are Negatives that can have very adverse effects to either health life or 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 you know control of our own actions and um, And that should be you know, and because of that, you know and all we're gaining is something of more muscle mass and and, um, you know, uh, increased athletic ability, it's, you know, the, it, it's not justifiable to take on those risks in those situations. The other part of it is it's truly something that's, A, illegal, which, you know, we should always, you know, it, it's, it, it's something that is illegal by law, and so therefore, as Catholics, you know, we should be law-abiding citizens and, and following that because there's nothing evil in the law itself, and so therefore we're obliged to follow it. And 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 lastly and you know least of all I guess is that it's truly something of, of a of a nature of, of cheating You know, it's you know You wouldn't tell your kids that they can cheat on a test. You wouldn't tell your kids that they can uh, You know cheat to get ahead and work um, And so therefore we shouldn't cheat to get ahead on on something, you know, like an athletic f- field it's uh, or in you know or for just to 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 look better at, out of vanity purposes or whatever it, it may be it's you know it's it's something that is you know I don't see any justification in any kind of use of something like that outside of when a doctor prescribes it for a valid medical reason you know like steroids mm-hmm. can sometimes be used for you know someone has bad allergic reaction to poison ivy and they might put them on you know on a, a steroid usage Um, and that you know to help them get over the the allergic reaction that's something totally different obviously but otherwise it's something that is truly just not not permissible in in that regard and also you you have to recognize that you're messing with the very makeup of your body steroids by itself by its nature is is a testosterone replacement and so even if you were to start and then say well this isn't right for me you know you're just because you want to stop it's not like trying to stop smoking or something like that which is hard enough in itself but you're, it's it's you're trying to stop something in which you have to you know your body no longer functions the way it's intended to anymore because it stops producing testosterone because you're injecting it into yourself in an abundant in an abundant way so now it has to you also run the risk you know serious health risks of restarting your body to to function health, health in a helpful way again, so it's uh, there's just there's just so many areas of, of danger with that, and and all of the reasons for um, for non-medical use of steroids purely comes down to either vanity or towards towards a motive of, of cheating to get ahead. So,
1: okay, so Father, I want to pose a hypothetical to you real quick, just to kind of show the application of what you've been talking about. Let's say, for example, I'm a parishioner, <coughs> and I come to you and I say, Father. I have this big mole on my lower cheek here that's been bothering me for years. I don't like the way that it looks. It stands out. It's embarrassing. What do you say to somebody like that? Is it permissible or is it not permissible?
0: Well, you know, a mole reduction uh, or, you know, a mole removal is something that uh, it depends. I guess it would also in a way depend on, you know, where the mole is, what kind of risk that it would produce. But if if it's on your face and it's a mole that really does have a, a quality of standing out, um, then you know mole removal is is fairly fairly simple and 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 safe, and usually doesn't even require general anesthesia. And, and in that case, because it is something that it draws the the eye of people and and you know and cause kind of awe and wonder in that regard, then uh, then generally speaking, um, I would say usually it's it's okay because you're trying to take away something that. In that sense is kind of a defect or a, or an, ab, an anomaly if you will to to physical appearance to to make ourselves you know um i guess in that way to just appear more um to use for lack of better term to say you know normal i don't mean people moles are ab abnormal you know <laughs> but it's but it's, you know, it's, um it, but but just you know it's 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 something that you know. If if it really is bothersome to them, then you know that's something that usually it would be okay to have removed. But at the same time, you know, nobody would be obliged to have a, a mole removed as long as it's not, you know, threatening their health in any kind of way or or their daily lives. But if it if, yeah, it's you not know, cancerous it's, or anything. Right. Exactly. Then that's a whole different story. But if it's but if it's something that's just a you know a mole or birthmark that you've had, then you know there's no reason to to have to have it done, but if it's something that really causes bother to someone, um, you know, that's, that's, that's a far cry different than someone that is trying to have, you know, lip injections or something just because they want, you know, the movie star plushed lips or something, you know, so it's.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We live in a culture, which is a, a horrible teacher of minds.
0: Yeah, it is not only do we have a culture where people think that they have to look a certain way but even the people that they think they have to look like don't actually look like that because they either had surgery or they had some sort of you know uh, airbrushing done to a photograph to make them look into what what appears before them and you know the reality is that most human beings don't look like that you know so it's
1: right exactly you know exactly okay well, Father, I think that's going to wrap up uh, the show, unless you had anything else you wanted to cover. I think we've covered a pretty broad range of topics revolving around the body and, and uh, you know, the, you know, the externals and also our care for, for our bodies. So if you would like to uh, you know, close with any closing thoughts on this, you're more than welcome to.
0: Um, I guess the, if I had the closing thought is to just to to remember that our body truly is not ours. It is, you know, property of God and we are the stewards of it. So on the one hand, we should never abuse it in any kind of way or profane it. But on the on the other hand, we should also take good care of it uh, and maintain overall good health for ourselves Uh you know, and to remember all things in moderation with, in regards to the, to that. Um, and so if we, if we have that mindset of, of, you know, trying to be good stewards of our bodies for the sake of, you know, being appointed to care for them by God himself, then, then we will find ourselves, you know, being, being just that good, good keepers of our bodies.
1: Well, father, thank you so much for your time this morning and, I've uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. I think we've, we've covered a lot of topics. So I would encourage our listeners, if they had any questions for Father, you can write to us at pastoralia at truerestoration.org, and any questions you may have for Father, we'll pass along to him. So, Father, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Justin. Take care. Well, all of us here at the Restoration Radio Network would asked that if you found this show to be informative, helpful, or in any way beneficial to you and to your Catholic faith, that you would please consider making whatever donation is possible to our apostolate, no matter how small it may be. To those of you who have donated, a heartfelt thank you for your kindness and generosity. Remember that above and beyond material contribution is the most important donation you can make to our work here is prayer. Please think of offering a mass, a rosary, or even a simple Ave for our work the next time you pray. If you have any questions or comments, or would like to reproduce our copyrighted material on your channel in some format, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us for that at mail at truerestoration.org. For the restoration, I am Justin Soder. May God bless you.
0: This program was brought to you free of charge by the sponsorship of Novos Ordo Watch. See for yourself that the Church of the Second Vatican Council is not in fact the Catholic Church of the Ages. Go to NovosOrdoWatch.org. That's watch.org.